It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Vikings training camp fast approaching. We play Who Does It First? Training camp edition. Hey, this is Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network. I have the most immaculate grid. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. Let me tell you what happens on Indiana Nights stays on Indiana Nights. Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman. Ten days until the kicking battle of the century starts live at TCO. Plus an appearance from Ron Johnson today on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Thursday edition of the Minnesota Football Party is locked and loaded. Welcome in. You're on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. I'm Sam Ekstrom. You've met Luke Inman and Luke Braun. Arif Hassan of Pro Football Network joins us as well as he does every Monday and Thursday. We're free on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Subscribe, please. Comment below. Help other people find the show. We're also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. That includes Roku, Amazon Fire, and the SXM, the SiriusXM app, where you can find all the Locked On Sports Minnesota content. Plenty to get to on today's show. July 20th, the abyss is almost over. We're going to dive into some camp preview with a little who does it first training camp predictions. A key Viking has been waived. Tongue firmly planted in cheek. And Ron Johnson joins us for his usual Thursday appearance. Plus, what were the dumbest storylines of the offseason? Yes, we play that game as well. Coming up on today's Minnesota Football Party, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Live bet the Open Championship. Tommy Fleetwood in his home nation coming on strong. Uh, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, Arif Hassan, let's play a little game show to kick things off. Training camp gets underway on Saturday, first padded practice a week from Monday. Um, let's play a little who does it first. Training camp is marked by firsts, first big catches, first big interceptions, first big fights. Let's go around the circle and name who does it first. <laughs> <laughs> the first highlight reel catch is always a focal point of training camp. It wows the crowd, the oohs, the ahs, the, the flashes going off on the cameras, or not because cameras don't flash anymore, and the players get jacked up. Who's going to make the first highlight reel catch that the Vikings can post in slow motion on their social media? Luke Inman. Uh, you're going to see KOC pull out all the stops on day one. He's going to send Zach... Old Gile on a wheel route. He's going to catch Troy Dye flat-footed, blow right by him up the right sideline. He's going to go up and over him and make the first splash catch at TCO. Give me the odds with the fullback, backup fullback over at FanDuel.com. I mean, you're just going to get the Love field it. odds on that one. You're not. Yeah, he's not listed. Okay. No respect. No respect. Great that's... pass catching back at Duluth, I hear. Uh, man, that's rough. Um <laughs> possible answer is Jalen Rager. I think we can all agree that that would be amazing. For the I think that's the funniest possible answer. For sure. Yeah. But uh, I th- my answer is Josh Oliver. I'm not going to elaborate. That's just my answer. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's brilliant podcasting. <laughs> Luke uh, I don't need to go on the first team. Everybody's going to play, right? It's camp. 
uh, I'm going to go with someone who is maybe a little bit more likely to get some inaccurate throws. Maybe needs to get out and uh, use the Ooh. the arms a little bit. Go down to the third team. How about Lucky Jackson, uh, who's will go with looser than everybody else on the team because he just finished a season in the spring. Uh, played for the DC Defenders. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's a mark against him. We'll go or with looser. We'll go with Lucy. He doesn't have the fresh legs. Okay. Is he listed up on FanDuel.com? <laughs> or is he in the field? Uh, yeah, well, 100%. You should check that out, Luke. For sure. I'm, I'm all over it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they they posted those today. Those lines are available. Um, <laughs> similar logic to Luke Braun. Like, he thinks the quarterbacks might be inaccurate. Well, what about a pass catcher who is not used to being a pass catcher who used to be a quarterback? Cephas Johnson oh. is going to get turned around He's going to do a pirouette and then have to make an o- like a over-the-head Jim Edmonds, Willie Mays kind of catch over his shoulder uh, to catch the deep ball from Jaron Hall. Is Jim Edmonds a base? Because Willie Mays is a baseball player. Is Jim Edmonds also a baseball player? G- Jim Edmonds Former made Angel all-time great. one of the great catches Cardinals, of all time. Angels. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. sure. He was a stud. I, um, I love that audio listeners could hear that you were demonstrating that, okay. that you were turning yeah, away from like the mic. Yeah, he was like spinning around, getting away. away from the mic, getting back good. to the mic. So, the so he pulls trick. a uh, Jim Edmonds over-the-shoulder <laughs> catch. Move. How long until we get some Joe Webb comps? That's just it's how many over-the-shoulder catches did Joe Webb make? Dude, so many. Dude. <laughs> it's were already you not there? happening. Were you not there those days? So many. where has Cephas Johnson been? Has he been doing drills with the receivers? Has he done anything yeah. quarterback wise? No, no, no. He's he's all receiver. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's huge. He's gigantic. Um, you know who else is huge is Garrett Mogg. Garrett Mogg is giant compared to it's a pretty small receiving core. Garrett Mogg is huge. Um sleeper. Sleeper. What are we talking? Six I, foot thought four were, I thought you were introducing me to say that that was your pick at for highlight catch. And I was like, Sam, too much, too much. We're doing too much. I love the fighting Hawks as much as anyone else, but too much. <laughs> well, hey, Mr. Mankato discussion is next week. So we'll get to, we'll get Ooh. to gear Mog. Um, all right. That those are our highlight reel nominees. Who is going to get in a fight? There's one every camp. Now a fight is, would be defined as a physical confrontation where, at minimum, multiple shoves are exchanged and practice has to pause momentarily. That's my definition of a fight. I'm going with Christian Derrissaw and Marcus Davenport. I just feel like Mm. even though they're not going to have pads on, the linemen are just going to get into it. They annoy each other a lot. Very often the first fights involve linemen, although... You know, with when Laquan Treadwell was on the roster, that was, you know, kind of where that would happen. Um, but yeah, it just feels like I don't know that there's anyone. I'm sure I'll be corrected in like 10 seconds, but I don't know that there's anyone on the roster that feels outside of the linemen that feels particularly feisty, that feels like they'll get in a fight in the way that like, you know, Treadwell would. Maybe you could say Andrew Booth. I get it. But um I, I just feel like the constant contact that you get among the linemen makes that just a, a favorite. And to me, Derrissaw is the fightingest of the starting linemen. I think he's most likely to get into a fight. And so I just tried to figure out kind of who that might pair up with. And I think Davenport is the answer there. Arise, right. Like up on FanDuel.com, the heavy favorite has to be right. in the trenches, right? Like it's got to be some trench guys. But just in honor of the Treadwell, Antoine, Exum. And it's usually oh, yeah. uh, young guys too. Oh, young, Exum, yeah, icy, for sure. chippy. Yeah. I'll go with another receiver cornerback duo again. I'll say Makai Blackman and Jalen Rager. Blackman's oh, going to Rager's down. My exact Rager's combo. That no was going to be oh, my wow. exact one, too. No <laughs> way. All three of us? I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. Blackman's going to – he's going to clash Rager was on, like, down. every scouting report he had. Yeah. He's yeah. physical. Yeah, Rager's going to get Rager's frustrated. frustrated. Finally yeah. going to turn around. Easily shut down. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm the one here who has original thoughts. That feels good. Well, the line just tanked. So. All three of us put money Ice on that. So good. Yeah, Combo. now we now we tank the line. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. <man. laughs> I was also thinking Andrew Booth. I feel like Andrew Booth, uh, like the guy famous for punching someone in the face in college, feels like he's got to be up there. 
Uh, and I'll, I'll say somebody that he, I think he'll maybe go up against a lot with the twos. Uh, with the twos. Taylor. Oh, man. What about Blackman versus Addison? Little teammate on teammate. Do you think they get along? Uh, man, that I think happen, they get yeah. along, but also if they get in a fight, are we going to notice? That's like a hundred combined pounds. <laughs> right. To be able to right. see them like pass yeah. 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 over the uh, yeah. over the offensive lineman. I can't see it. What's yeah. going on? Who's that? <laughs> Prop me up. Prop me up. I can't see what's going on. So at some point, someone will start floating away in the wind, and that's how we'll know. Right. Can't see him over collar. It's the bag that? from American Beauty. It just starts floating <laughs> away. It's art, man. It's art. You're cut, but that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Um, this doesn't have to be a serious injury, but an injury or a player that gets forced from practice due to an injury that occurs during practice. Well, that um, one's Booth. Yeah, That's Booth. It, it's got to be Booth. Yeah. Jalen yeah, Naylor is going to put a double tough. move on Booth on day, within 48 hours of camp starting. He's going to put him in a blender. Booth's going to be hobbling around with some sort of foot or ankle injury the next eight, so, six, so six the, weeks. The, the problem weeks. here is not just that Booth is actually injury-prone. He's also a cornerback. And cornerbacks will do anything to give you an excuse as to why they got burned. And Booth, I think more than most cornerbacks, is willing to do like the Xavier Rhodes, right? Right. Like, he'll get burned, and he'll just limp off to the sideline. Like, right? the stretcher's about to come out. It's what happened? Entered again, and Andrew Booth is like, "Yeah, they're going to totally buy this." You're right. right. <laughs> so that's the problem in the non-Andrew Booth category. <laughs> it's like, wow, uh, you know, I love watching Xavier Rhodes' film, not for the reason you would think, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I get a lot out of it. Wow, I get a lot out of it. Incredible technique. Yeah. Um, a chance for value here, Reef. We all took Booth. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm going to go Davenport again. He's been injury riddled throughout his career. Um, he's going through a significant weight change as he enters camp. Um, I just feel like both of those combined increase the likelihood of just like minor injuries popping up here or there. Um, and maybe I'll get, you know, I don't know if, it, if I would call it parlay action, but I'd get like some sort of double dip if it occurs during the fight with Derrissaw. Oh, that happened oh, to Treadwell. Treadwell hurt himself during a fight. That's, That's right. Was it the thrown punch and he hit the helmet or he hit it? He punched a guy in the helmet and busted his, hand, his right? finger or hand. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Who, who did he punch? Because that Exum. one wasn't Dexon. Oh, it wasn't? Um, Maybe it was. A little on That's the research. one I remember. I'm sure there was multiple. That was he, he got in multiple campfights. Um, while Sam's looking that up, maybe Davenport, you mentioned the weight change. What did he play at last year, if you know? And then what is he so, reportedly um, up to? He, or what, last year he was listed at 280, but he actually started the season playing at 300. Oh, wow. Um, really? His ideal playing weight, according to people I talked to with the Saints, 260. So uh, not wonderful, but he was an edge defender, basically playing defensive tackle. Hmm. Um, my understanding is that the Vikings brought him in with a weight target in mind for him. I don't know what that is. Got it. But okay. um, it would require that he loses a substantial amount of weight. Got it. Got it. Which no, is interesting because I see him playing a little more inside right. than he's accustomed to be more of a three down guy. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, you could do are that. Are you saying stand up or are you saying at five tech or what are you, what are yeah, you saying? Five inside? Tech. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could do that at 260 and it's yep. probably better for him to do it there. Mm -hmm. No, not wrong about that. Uh, the conclusion of my research, it was indeed Anton Exum because the oh, headline is Treadwell claims he didn't suffer his injury during a training camp fight with Anton Exum when literally he got, he was healthy, got in the fight was removed from practice and then did not show up for like a week. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it is entirely possible that he got injured walking away from the fight. Tripped the media scrum cuz he actually who, who among us he has spoke to the media. In the media it was a this would never happen today. Like the the TCO, I don't know, the the PR has kind of like figured out how to minimize this type of thing happening now, but it was Wild West. I mean, Luke Inman, you've been out there. Reef, you were out there at Mankato. You just swarmed guys. So after the training camp fight, I hated it. Treadwell, Treadwell was just in the meat grinder. He's 100 degrees. He's sweating. He just got in a fight and he gets swarmed by 30 guys with uh, 
with microphones. And then, I'll never forget. It's yeah. like day 12. We're walking off probably 2015, maybe 2016. 100 degree heat every day. We're walking off. And all of a sudden, Chad Greenway goes, hey, Arif, can I talk to you real quick? And we're all like, oh, what? Oh, no. And like, you know, we can't linger oh, and be no. weird. Yeah. So we keep walking. But like, kind of like, okay, what, 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 where's this going? And I just hear the first line. So what can you tell me about this PFF stuff? <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow. That's where we're at, huh? Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, he was not my biggest fan. I will say that. Arif, can you fill in the blanks here? So was it a contentious conversation? Before camp broke, like right before camp broke, I wrote an article and the title was uh, Chad Greenway is bad at football. That was the title oh. of the article, right? Oh. Um, ZoneCoverage.com? Zone and the impetus for the article was that I had released uh, like a week prior a depth chart that was color coded to like things that I consider to be like areas of concern or, you know, this player uh, could potentially, you know, break out or whatever. Um, so it's color coded kind of like how um, like a couple years ago, PFF did those um, starting lineups that were like color coded by, mm -hmm. you know, elite, whatever. Um, they clearly, they stole that from me when I did that for the Vikings on a blog that no one read um, years ago. Uh, and I marked Chad Greenway as red because for the last two years, he had been playing very poorly, which was evidenced by his PFF grades over the over the prior two years. Uh, and people gave me a ton of pushback on it. I argued, as I always do with them on Twitter. And I was like, you know, what? it's just easier if I put my thoughts together in an article. By the way, this is like for people who ask me why I argue all the time. This is 30 percent of the reason, because it creates reasons for me to write articles it, it it provides me with content fodder so if you find yourself in an argument with me on twitter just know that you're being used um but uh, another like 20 percent of the reason is that it, it drives traffic to articles i've already written it's fantastic but so i uh i i i had already like written this article and i had mentioned you know his pff grades i also included some you know moments from film where he had gotten burned or whatever right um, but he was really interested in the PFF aspect of it because he was surprised that he'd been graded poorly. And so um, for the first couple of days of camp, because Luke, you said this was like day 12 or something like that. I something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. A week and a half in. The first yeah. couple of days of camp, I would just walk around and he would just like call me out while he's practicing. Which is crazy. He's like, hey, Arif, am I playing good now? <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, this is Whoa. <laughs> yeah, dude. And we're all like, <laughs> like crazy. Uh... All right, man. <laughs> is there enough security around here but and, like and, and he's the widely veteran too like everybody's just right yeah oh. i mean he's the captain right right so i didn't want to get uh, an interview with him so i could get his thoughts on the piece because he clearly read it um and i got a one-on-one -on -one with him and it turned into a scrum and so i couldn't ask the questions i wanted to ask there were cameras there it sucked and so so a couple days later he comes back and he's like hey reef let's talk and i was like oh finally i'm gonna get like what i need for this article and no he just wanted to ask about PFF. And, uh, and, and we talked and, for like a while about it. You know, yeah. he was like, Who, who's grading PFF? Does someone check? And I was like, hey, they just hired, was it Gunther Cunningham, former Detroit Lions defense coordinator, something like that? I think I got that name right. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And he's like, oh, they've got like NFL people looking over their stuff. Okay, huh, interesting. And so we had we had that conversation. But yeah, he like wanted to talk about PFF. It was very weird. But I thought, I thought he was just like, all right, now it's going down. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to get right. roasted. Player ready, player ready, fight. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and you got to remember too that time frame. I mean, PFF is just second nature, but back then it was still kind of oh, yeah. on the rise, and people were very skeptical, especially players and coaches. I mean, you'd hear it in some press conferences here or there, like Zimmer throwing PFF under the bus all the time. But especially back then, I'll just never forget that moment. I was just like, okay, so he just wants to pick Arif's brain about this PFF stuff and just get a better understanding of it. Okay. Very awesome. Um, that's a great story. Next on our who does it first game, first person to pick off Kirk on the defense. Who's uh, it going to be? So I am going to say that it's not Harrison Smith. I think he's just not going to play enough. Yeah. Not because he's injured, but just because, you know, he's 40. <laughs> They're just going to give him rest all the time. Um <laughs> And, and it just doesn't happen for safeties in camp, honestly. It just, it really is just more of a cornerback thing. 
And I think, again, I'm, I'm, I want to identify the funniest answer. It's also the answer I'm going to go with, which is Andrew Booth. I think that that's just funnier if he if he continues the highlight low light kind of trajectory that he's been on. Right. And so it could be that he gets an interception, gets burned, fakes an injury, and then starts a fight all well within the realm of possibility. <laughs> that could all happen day. on the first day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Those are all first day possibilities. Cross off your bingo card. It, after technically day one, that would count it. as a highlight reel catch too. So that's something we have to think <laughs> It about. could. Yeah. <laughs> I wish more than anything, we had training camp stats somewhere tallied up over the years, because I always feel like for being a non-secondary guy, Eric Kendricks being one of the guys who like constantly picked off passes thinking like, this is kind of weird. Like for a linebacker, not a safety or a corner keeps coming up with all these interceptions. So, you know, Kendricks is gone. Um, I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to go with the dark horse. I'm going to say Troy reader. Give me the odds. Give me the long shot with the odds. Troy reader plus 2,500. Is that what you got over there, Sam? I mean, on the website? actually, I, I, I kind of see the logic, right? Cause it's like, Nick yeah, sure. well, like Hicks it. probably won't play every single well, down. And then Asa it's who Moe picks is... off Kirk and oh, the ones go Kirk against Kirk. the two sometimes like that will. Right. That happen. would I mean, I'm not going to say that that would be embarrassing for Kirk because picks happen, but it certainly would be disheartening. That's Kirk true. already threw one to Hicks in minicamp too so That's it was right. just got a, his, like a out. botched check down mm-hmm. um overlooked the the linebacker yeah i oh, like that's that that's interesting I'm... kirk has never had a botched check down in his life that's crazy no, not the bills <laughs> game at all no no <laughs> not the giants uh, game at all no <laughs> no specifically that new york giants game no. <laughs> i'm gonna I go have, uh, john reed oh i can't oh. go john reed oh Sam. tears Rip. too soon dude yeah too soon I have similar logic to Inman, but I'm going to take somebody on the ones. I'll take Asamoah. I liked it. I thought long and hard about that one. Yeah, I like it. How about Jawan Williams with that catch radius? I mean, Kirk's going to try to drop it in the bucket to JJ. Nope. Jawan Williams with those long arms, big frame. Kirk never saw it coming. He's he's used to these short cornerbacks out there. Is he on the twos? Jawan, I think Jawan's going to work in with the ones enough. Early on, yeah, he. I thought he was. I thought that was over. Thought that was like a thing we're starting, and then a Caleb Evans took the job in like two seconds. There was never a steady um, group at corner, from what I saw. It was. Okay. It was. There were some that played more, like Caleb, but it was never just all right. These are your three for the whole practice. It was constantly rotating. So I think John's part of that. All right. So next mic, drop, mic drop, mic drop, mic <laughs> drop. Um, well, and, and that's the nickel too. You know, I'm sure we'll see a ton of dime defense in there too, which it's like okay, that, that's these guys are out here. It could just turn out to be like Josh Metellus playing dime backer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I thought yeah. about that. Cam Bynum played a little corner in college. Throw him in there. Yeah, let's see on the field. Come on. The topic that Luke Inman teased in the open: the first calendar date that we see a headline about an escalating kicking competition. And the headline doesn't count if it comes from Arif Hassan or Luke Braun or me <laughs> or Luke Inman. <laughs> you can't you just said one of us. Uh, no no conspiring. On what, the 29th? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. The 30th. <laughs> one day. I don't think there's going to be any headlines because I think from uh, day yeah. one, Captain Jack is just going to take over and just write the ship. And it's, it's just from- <laughs> there is no Greg Joseph after day three is just going to concede, shake his hand, take a couple pictures, farewell, do a speech, and he's out of there. At, uh, at Georgia, they called him Hot Pod. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. What was the previous guy? Blankenship. Hi, Rodrigo guys. Blankenship. What was, but what, what, was, uh, what was his nickname? Yeah. Hot he rod. was hot rod. So ah. when he came up when he took over. They, That's they good. called him hot pod. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Who was the kicker that somebody used a second round pick on Florida State? I want to say. Aguayo. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And he panned out in two years. He panned out. Uh, yeah. yeah he's, he's, part, he's still he's there. The in the NFL right now. Yeah. Hall of yeah. Fame. Yep. Uh, he hosts the Ron Johnson show. He joins the Minnesota Football Party every Thursday. His name's Ron Johnson at three ron johnson on twitter i think he's still getting set up guests on the ron johnson show this week included spice adams 
the uh, the social media famous, but also former NFL defensive lineman, and Ryan Mundy, former Steelers defensive back, had some great stuff on playing for Mike Tomlin as a member of the Steelers. Ron Johnson joins us now on the program. A reminder that we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Baseball is in full swing. You can bet the Twins. You can bet every baseball line at FanDuel Sportsbook. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Here's the promotion going on right now. New customers get 10 times their initial bet back in bonus bets up to $200. Bet 20, get 200. Whether you win or lose, that's free cash in your pocket. You can lay that down on the Open Championship. Let's take a look at the live line because I am obsessed with the Open. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, plus 550. He's your current favorite. Wyndham Clark, the sleeper, I think, plus 1,600 after his U.S. Open win. Bet all the lines. Bet the golf, bet the baseball, bet the tennis. Bet everything at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Make every moment more. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Ron, welcome into the show. Hope you're doing well on this fine, fine day. Uh, I saw a video posted by the Minnesota Vikings of your golf swing and uh, <laughs> congratulations second closest to the pin in the legends tournament. Well, Ron, done. ripping it up out there, man. Ooh. That was impressive. Appreciate it. Yeah. My swing. Uh, I was a little, uh, I was unimpressed by my swing when I saw it on camera. I've never actually seen it on camera and uh, I swing way too fast. So I got to work on <laughs> my slow back and then nice little gradual coming forward. I swing way too fast, but yeah, I, I don't know how, but I got it close. Every time well, uh, yeah. it works. Tempo town, they call it. You got to find yeah. that, that. I got to find the tempo. Yeah, there you go. Well, that was that was fun to watch. Check that out on Vikings, uh, Vikings social media. So we're, we're counting down to camp here, Ron. We're uh, like nine days away from the first practice. We're playing a little game. Um, and we were projecting who's going to get in the first training camp scuffle. Who do, you, who do you have? Who's your money on on FanDuel? First training camp scuffle. Uh, first training camp scuffle. Usually I would say DB receivers, but I don't feel like this receiver's core has that guy. Like, I don't feel like there's a Stefan Diggs, Xavier Rhodes battle or, or rivalry. I will say with uh, Byron Murphy Jr. being new, um, there's a chance he doesn't have any rapport with these uh, receivers. So it could go there. But uh, honestly, I, I feel like it's going to come down to like D-line, O-line. Um I'm guessing Marcus Davenport maybe in one of these tackles. Um, hey. Not sure though. Kristen Derisaw seems real nice. Um, so I don't know. Like like Marcus Davenport though with the Saints, like he still has that Saints stigma juice and, and aura on him. So so maybe it's a Marcus Davenport versus one of the O linemen. Ron, <laughs> you're a former player. You got ten days left before training camp starts. What are you thinking? Like, what's the mindset? Is it uh, I only got ten days? I gotta sneak one more quick vacation in and get out of town before it's too late. You got the butterflies going. Are you nervous or just excited and kind of jacked up just to get out there and put the pads on again? No, well, I was blessed with the opportunity to be in uh, four, uh, no, five training camps, and so looking at plus, you know. Arena League in Canada is a little bit different than NFL. But looking at NFL training camps, uh, my rookie year, it was excitement. Like, I was really excited, really ready to get back. Nervous, though, because I had no idea what to expect. It was leaving college. My second year was a little bit more relaxed. Uh, I knew what to expect. Uh, I was coming in as a veteran. I knew where I kind of stood uh, in the depth chart. 
Uh, and then my third year coming off injury, it was a little bit tougher because I didn't know how long it would take to get back to full strength and full health. So nerves. But honestly, like every year, it was excitement, to be honest. I mean, you're, you're getting an opportunity to step onto a field uh, with a bunch of professionals that uh, nobody else gets to do. You know, one less than 1% of the world gets to do what, we're, what they are doing this coming week. And so uh, I was blessed with the opportunity to, again, play with Ray Lewis. Uh, you got Ed Reed out there, Chris McAllister. So it was just fun, too, to get in the locker room, be around the guys, hear the jokes. Because uh, when you're away from it, you enjoy, like, that first month. I'd say, like, March, April, you're like, oh, man, it's good to be away from football. And then May, June, you, you you start to get bored again. You're like, man, like let, let's get back in there. Let, let's get back to it. So I think now this is when you start to itch for that that want to be around your teammates. Uh, because if it is truly a, a great locker room, which I think the Vikings uh, have, uh, I think they've always had it, but I think Kevin O'Connell brings it out of them. And then uh, after watching the Netflix special as well, Dr. Uh, Bron Bronnell, I think he's helping the players to understand the mental health side of sports and then enjoying the moments. Cause he taught, I heard him tell Kirk, Kirk cousins that enjoy these moments. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow because it's going to come. Enjoy the moment. So I think that part of it too, where the players are a little bit more relaxed, they're having fun uh, and they're ready to get back out there. Uh, I'm wondering who you got at the, the, the bottom of the roster, the threes. At wide receiver, who's your dark horse to uh, maybe watch for a, for a surge toward the roster? We got like four undrafted rookies there, XFL guy, all kinds of interesting stuff. Well, you know what, Luke? That's a great question because I'm hosting uh, a radio show this Saturday, so I've already started to look at my 53. So when you think about the 53 man roster, um, it's gonna be a tough year for receivers. Not gonna lie. Like Kevin O'Connell, we know wants to run the ball a little bit. He's added some tight ends. Uh, CJ Ham got resigned, so maybe we're gonna see a resurgence in usage of CJ Ham. Uh, but my dark horse, I don't know if I would put him at the bottom, but I think I guess he still is right now. Is Tristan Jackson? Like I think Tristan Jackson is, is a possible dark horse to 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 be down there and then move up. Um, I also like Malik Knows. You know when you look at his size. Um, I, I think that's another interesting piece to this. And then Cephas Johnson as well with his size. But again, it's figuring out, you know, and then I can go down to to uh to 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 other guys within his organization. Like, what do you do differently than anybody else? And and Thayer Thomas, you know, what does he do differently? Possibly returner. Uh Jalen Rager. A lot of people have written Jalen Rager off, but but I think you know it's gonna be this is gonna be his year to figure out. Like if he doesn't catch on with the Vikings. I think it's going to be tough for him. He's going to become a journeyman from there. Um, I, I think he can find a spot as far as speed, taking the top off. Um, but I don't like some of the things I saw from the Netflix special with him, you know, like moving when he wasn't supposed to, uh, interception that led – or, sorry, moving a route led to an interception that changed the scope of that coach game. Uh, so I think Jalen Rager really needs to be in the playbook. But my, my, my dark horse is going to be down there with Jalen Naylor, even though I think people already kind of put them in there. But I think Jalen Naylor – and uh, Tristan Jackson are going to be the two kind of like fighting for that four and five spot. I, I think I, I truly believe Jalen Naylor has passed Jalen Rager. Tough to say it. Um, so so those are my bottom at the very bottom. I mean, I guess you want to call it practice squad. Uh, again, I, I do like Thayer Thomas, uh, but only because of the return opportunity there. And, and, and that's that's the only thing I think he can help out. Like if you look at a Cooper Cup type, we, you know, we interviewed him on my show and he said when he talked to Kevin O'Connell, he had other opportunities, but he liked what the Vikings were telling him as far as where they possibly could see him being used within their um, offense. Uh, Ron, I want to get back to the topic of training camp fights, because I think that's one area where like there is a big disconnect between the way people inside of football view them and the mm -hmm. way that like we write about them in the media or fans talk about them like on Twitter or whatever, where they just view any, generally speaking, not always, but they generally view any kind of training camp fight as a sign that, you know, this is unprofessional, they're immature, they can't control themselves. And inside of football, it feels like sometimes, you know, you don't want to fight too much or too mm -hmm. intensely, but sometimes it feels like it can be a good thing, right? To get some tension out of there, be able to kind of refocus yourself, um, what is kind of like the feeling inside a lot? Because nowadays when you ask players, they always give you kind of a, a kind of a safe answer. Like, oh, you don't want to fight. You don't want to, you always want to work together. But it feels like, especially if you ask players like 10, 15 years ago, it feels like 
you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing that a fight occurred so long as no one got hurt or it didn't get too intense. What's what's right. kind of the feeling there? This is where I go with this. I think the 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 fact that they're gonna have joint practices, I think alleviates a lot of that internal tension because they get to go beat somebody else up. So again, if I'm gonna pick somebody to fight when the other teams show up, I'm going Marcus Davenport. Like when those other teams show up, sorry, Marcus, not picking on you. But I like I like the intensity and I think a defense needs that. If I'm going to pick somebody to get off the bus and go fight the other team, I'm picking Marcus Davenport. So I think when the other team shows up, he's going to he's going to be the guy that maybe gets into it in one on ones, pass rush situations uh, where the tensions are high. Uh, from a receiver standpoint, I can see K.J. Osborne. Maybe I can see like Justin Jefferson's not a fighter. But he does piss people off by how he plays. But he's so respected. I don't think other DBs are willing to fight him. Like if you watch the old DeAndre Hopkins uh, versus De- uh, 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 I think it was Hall, uh, Dante Hall for or not? Oh Dante yeah, Hall. Um, Hard what's guy's name. Yeah, it was it was DeAndre Hopkins versus uh, was something Hall. Hall. D'Angelo Hall? D'Angelo Hall. D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's like, man, don't, don't like he because he 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 smacked the guy in the head trying to run a curl. He dropped the ball, you know, and the guy's like, I won that, I won that, and then and, and D'Angelo Hall had no reason to come to De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but he comes over and he's like, hey, put your hands on me like that, you know. But he's like, and, and he's like, man, get your hands off me. I'm a grown man. Like he's like, man, I box. I box. I don't fear nobody but God. I, he's like, man, I, I will box. You're God, like, homie. I feel I'm a God, grown homie. man. And then the next, the next period, they go seven on or seven on seven. He uh, makes D'Angelo Hall rip his knee up, like on, the, in a on a double move, on a double move, like comeback. I don't know what that was. It was like a, a stutter comeback, killed him. And so, like that's that's where I think Justin Jefferson is. He's kind of like, man, I'm not gonna fight you. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna let my my play speak for it. Uh, but internally, so going to your answer, no, fighting is not good. Here's the reason why. If it's a Draymond Green, Jordan Poole fight, it's never good. Uh, you don't want to punch your brother and knock him out. Like, you don't want to hurt your brother in a fight. You don't want to break your hand in a fight because that's an easy reason for me to cut your stupid butt. Um, a little tussle here and there, a little, a little, a little grabbing, and everybody comes around, and they pull them off, and then they get in the locker room, and they're like, hey, man, you know, we cool, man, my bad, like, blah, blah, man, you was just doing this, this, this. you got to stop doing it. Like, that's cool, but if it's a true swinging, helmets off, uh, Aaron Donald type of deal, like, we saw Aaron Donald rip oh, helmets right. off, yeah. like, no, you don't want that. Unless the guy he's ripped his helmet off is getting cut, you don't want that. You don't, you do not want, like, I remember – Ray Lewis, like, went. we were in a pass situation. Ray Lewis jumped in the air like a rookie center, grabbed Ray Lewis and kind of caught him in the air and then threw him to the ground. One, you don't do that. Two, it's Ray Lewis. You don't do that. Because either way, it's a, it's a penalty because you can't grab a guy in the right. air and throw him to the ground. So, one, it's a flag. Two, you just grab Ray Lewis and you threw him to the ground so you could have hurt him. Ray Lewis jumps up, and I mean dog walked this dude with, by his face mask and slid him on the ground. Nobody really stopped Ray. <laughs> Everybody was trying to stop this center. Like, yeah, yeah, you need to chill out, man. And then what happened? Dude, dude gets cut like a week later. You don't touch the franchise. So that's what I say when it comes to fights, man. One, you got to know who you're trying to fight. And like, if it's two superstars, Stefan Diggs, Xavier Rhodes, you probably can both get away with it. But if you're like Mr. Uh, first day guy, rookie, blah, blah, and you're going to like get in Justin Jefferson's way and fight. Oh, no, 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 no. We <laughs> won't even Colden, buy you. Be on yeah, notice. We're not going to even <laughs> buy you a, a plane ticket, bro. You are going to the Greyhound <laughs> station, and you can, or you can drive home. You can rent a car from Budget and drive, or call your girlfriend to come pick you up and take you home because don't even go check back into the Omni. We've, we've packed your stuff up, and it's at the front desk ready for you to go. You So you got to know who you are, too, when you get in these fights. Sure. Well, I, Ron, I wasn't saying that like a, a helmets off knock someone else out fight could ever be a good thing. But yeah, a little, a little grabbing, holding, fisticuffs, get the get the get the like, yeah, all right, man, let's go. We in here, we here, we here. Like that's cool. Yeah, like okay. those 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 are okay. Those are cool. Those are gonna happen because again, these are grown men just running into each other full speed. Stay away from the they don't riders. get to take each other to the ground. There's no tackling. Uh, yeah, but none of the Draymond Green, Jordan Poole stuff. Like if you if you there, put some boxing gloves on. Go call uh, Caleb Truax or somebody. Go get in the ring with uh <laughs> with, with Michael B. Jordan and try to be a part of Creed Four. Like, don't don't do it on the field. 
Uh, Ron, it was announced on Tuesday that the Arena Football League is bringing a franchise to Minnesota starting next year. Mm-hmm. You brought it up uh, a few moments ago. You had an arena background, 2007 Orlando Predators, number two receiver on that team, 12 TDs, 733 yards. I'm looking at your stats. Very nice. Um, what can people expect to appreciate about the Arena Football League here locally? Um, it's fast paced. Uh, it's different. You're you're closer to the fans. Uh, it, it, it's it's an intimate setting. It's gonna you know it's probably gonna be like an XL Energy Center or something. I'm guessing. Uh, it's an intimate, small setting. So it, it's different. It's unique. It's fast paced. There's only three linemen. There's uh, I think two receivers and a running back. So it's really fast paced. Uh, but other than that, or three receivers maybe. I don't know. I don't even remember. But other than that, it's uh, it's different. Don't expect to go watch it and think like oh this is nothing like the NFL. It's nothing like the NFL. Uh, they run the ball maybe three, four times a game. Other than that, it's just pass, pass, pass. So for the Minnesota franchise, their goal is to go find a a quarterback uh, because that's what it's about. Maybe, maybe, maybe our guy. Uh, what's uh, what's the guy, uh, Sam? That uh, everybody loved. Loader. Kyle Sloter. Like Kyle Sloter would be All perfect right. for the Arena League because you need a gunslinger who can run. Because uh, that's the other thing too about the Arena League. Quarterbacks need to run. They don't run a lot. But if you have a running quarterback, you can really hurt people because once the receivers take off and the, there's only three D linemen and the quarterback just has to beat the uh, the the linebacker. There's one Jack linebacker, they call him, that sits in the middle of the field uh, and he handles the run game, but also handles any passes across the middle. So, yeah, so so I, I could see Kyle Sloter being a, a solid arena football quarterback. And your coach was Jay Gruden, right? Correct. At Orlando was wow, an absolute that's cool. crazy person, but he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Jay um, once like suited up to play quarterback as coach because he was sick of his quarterback. Like that's what kind of person Jay I respect Gruden that. at times. Jay Gruden is hilarious. I love it. Talk about demoralizing your quarterback. Jay right. Gruden knew how to do it. <laughs> that's unreal. That's, he was like Burt Reynolds in a uh, longest yard. I didn't get dressed up for nothing. I'm going in. <laughs> Sit your old ass down. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, man. Roundtable tomorrow with Ron Johnson, Reggie Wilson, Luke Inman, and myself. And, of course, the Ron Johnson Show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Follow Ron for great takes at 3 Ron Johnson and listen to him on the fan on Saturday. Thanks a lot, Ron. Appreciate it. Good stuff from Ron Johnson. Um, I, I We need to to pay homage to a Viking that has moved on, that has been cut. Um, a Viking that was near and dear to a lot of our hearts. Um, Mount Rushmore, maybe Luke, we may have to add him to Mount Rushmore. His legacy will live on forever. Cornerback John Reed cut by the Vikings yesterday. I'll that, always remember monumental. I'll always remember looking at John Reed wearing the number 28 on the field and thinking, wow, you are not Adrian Peterson. <laughs> You know, in a couple of years, we'll talk about it. This is the post-John Reed era. 2022 and earlier was the pre-John Reed era. We'll, we'll separate Vikings epochs mm-hmm. by uh, when he was rostered here over the course of a summer. Um, <laughs> Wasn't we'll- he one of three Jay Reeds on the Seahawks at one point? They had what, like Jaron uh, Reed, Jaron Reed, the D lineman. Jaren Reed, yeah. And then he was there, and there was another Wait, does, one. Does DJ Reed count as one of the J Reeds? No, I think it was like Jarek or something. Hmm. Oh, gee. I don't know. I don't follow the Seahawks, so I'll just trust you on this one. There you go. Fair enough. Will John Reed be a footnote in history that says John Reed was cut so the Vikings could sign? Dot dot dot. <clears throat> Bring him back, baby. Bring him back, baby. My guy, Justin Coleman. Arif knows. Come on. (laughs) My guy. Scouted him out 2015 with Derek Cox. I think it was 2015 because that was the same draft that, like, someone called me to say that the Dolphins were trading for Adrian Peterson uh, and that the Vikings would. You remember this, Luke. You were, like, right next to me when I received the call. The Dolphins were trading for Adrian Peterson, and the Vikings would attempt to acquire Melvin Gordon. And I'm pretty confident that was 2015. That's right. right? Yeah. Why is it always the Dolphins and the Vikings running backs connected? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, Anyway, that definitely happened, and I'm glad I reported it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
So the lesson is, anytime you hear anything, report it instantly. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Um, With no no caracol. No, I'm 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 glad I like double checked and was like, all right, dude, thanks for you know, thanks thanks for the tip. No one is telling me this, so you know, (laughs) I'll ignore it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it very much seems like this is in preparation for a move of some sort. Actually, it's interesting. So I see the email that John Reed was waived, right? I'm like, huh, I wonder who that's for. And then the timeline blows up about Denzel Mims, and I'm like, no way. And I saw Luke's tweet, Luke Braun's tweet. Mm-hmm. Is oh, Denzel no. Mims going to make the team? And I was like, this would be amazing. And luckily, I, I did, ex- I checked, right? Luckily, I, was right. I typed Denzel Mims in because there was no way I was going to type Denzel Mims in Twitter. And I said, no, he got traded to the Lions. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is, my I'm response still not sure didn't change. I saved my response in the drafts, and it was because uh, Luke was, is he going to make the team? And I said, uh, no, but it would help my agenda if he did. I go, So I looked to see if Denzel Mims got traded to the Vikings. He didn't. I go back to my drafts. I'm like, oh, I don't need to change this tweet at all. <laughs> <laughs> First read, send tweet, done. Same thing. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did he get traded for? Um, I, I think that it is... The Mike Hughes conditional awesome. six oh, seven swap. Funny. Okay, yeah, that's funny. Unless it's something, yeah, it was it was like a six seven swap. Um, yeah. Unless it's like for something truly exciting, like Dalton Risner, I expect some sort of defensive line help, either at edge um, to kind of maybe put pressure on Neil Hunter from a negotiating perspective, mm-hmm. uh, which could be Jadavian Clowney, could be Anikangakwe, but more likely is somebody a little bit cheaper. Although the Vikings do have like eighteen million in cap space. Or uh, along the defensive line, where I just feel like they are weak, right? Like, it just feels like there's just yes. not a lot going on there. There's I mean, a lot of bodies on the D line. There's just nobody that yeah. really jumps Which, out. And don't get me wrong, there can be some surprises during training camp and preseason, right. like Jonathan yeah. Bullard. I remember the day we picked him up. I was like, all right, training camp body. No way Jonathan Bullard degree. played extremely well in camp, but he didn't play well in the season. No, not not. He much. was just kind of there. Yeah, he yeah, was hurt yeah. for a bunch of it yeah. too. Could have been Armin Watts. Between <laughs> Ngakwe, Clowney, Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram, would you have a preference? Same Not again. Justin Houston. Clowney, Ngakwe. Clowney, Ngakwe, Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram. Mm-hmm. Not not Justin Houston. Melvin Ingram feels like you know it's all it's always like the last minute with him. He always gets signed at the yeah. very last moment. Yeah. And then he just balls out. Uh, <laughs> is he doing the Brett Favre like I'll just mull my options until like August twentieth. Right. And then I'll get like eight. You don't need no stinking camp. <laughs> yeah, right. Camp. We talk um, practice, man. Hey, Trey Flowers came from the New England system. Bill Belichick is yeah, he not a thing anymore? Is he absolute toast? No, I think he's got he's got something. Like Twenty nine years old. Yeah, I wrote him because I wrote the system. Eleven free agents the Vikings should sign. Um, now I'm not advocating they sign all eleven. In fact, I think that that would be a bad idea. But one of the eleven. <laughs> I think would would work, and Trey Flowers is one of three edges. The other two were, or no, four edges because I also I also wrote in Melvin Ingram. Uh, but yeah, Jadavian Cloudy, Unique Ngakwe, Trey Flowers, Melvin Ingram, but not Justin Houston. I think he's cooked. Mm-hmm. Didn't I, Justin I Houston have eleven D-line. sacks last year? I think he's cooked. Could still be cooked with eleven sacks, but that's a pretty big number. Yeah, it's a big he had eleven number. sacks in three hundred ninety-seven snaps. Kind of the Yannick Ngakwe factor, too, right? Like, all right, he tallies up some sacks, but first and second down, I don't really know if I want that guy out there. I, I wonder the, the Those D-Rex. Ravens games were very weird. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I wonder on the D-line, especially with the interior, like, because they have all those bodies, like, it feels more to me like they, they just think someone's better than we think they are, which is fair. And I look at at rooms with like we kind of need another running back just to do can't like it could be a total random. I'm not saying bring in Zeke Elliott or anything like that, but I feel like it could just be like a random running back, and we all go, ah, okay, never mind. It's not going to be Marcus Peters. No, br- bring in Kareem Hunt. Actually, ooh, oh, there you go. Ooh, bring our guy back. Bring him home, Stephen Weatherly. Just sitting out there. Bring him home. I, I think he's like done, done. He's like, yeah, he retired. Oh, did he? Okay. Okay. Someone okay. did an article. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bring him home. Bring him back. 
<laughs> Bring them on to advise them on how to invest. Sean <laughs> Bauer. Sean Bauer, LSU. Next to Neil Hunt. Jalen Holmes. I'm still a little Leo? bummed they uh, cut seventh round pick uh, Kenny Willickis, to be honest. He hasn't yeah. got picked oh, up. Gessling did an article. This trip a couple days ago. On about the Stephen Weatherly's post driving football oh. ventures. Yeah, we were talking about Gessling. You got my antenna up. Oh, there. sorry, no. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's. Uh, we weren't going to talk about this, but we're. So there's been a tweet. I don't. We don't know if no. it's real. There's a tweet about Jordan Addison charged with reckless driving. We don't know if it's legit. Might not be, but it does come from someone who writes for a uh, Sports Illustrated uh, vertical. So, don't know if it's real. Hasn't been corroborated, but let's say it is. If it is, is this is this super problematic? Like, 1 to 10, how problematic is this? Probably doesn't lead to any missed time, right? It's probably that, what the Vikings care most question. about. Charged with um, a ticket that I think it's doubled based off of the purported... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but your like, honor, it was in a Lambo. Ticket. <laughs> They're meant to go fast legally. But officer, but officer, how could you Ferrari in the garage? Wouldn't you? <laughs> and if, if you can be they associated the with Corin so Robinson, you know why wouldn't you want to be? I hold myself in contempt. We need to have like a like a a driving seminar with the Minnesota Vikings. I think like a safe driving. Oh, I thought you were like how to drive faster, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Get yeah, get a NASCAR person Peterson's in teaching the course. Yeah, just sit everybody down <laughs> yeah. in the film room, pull up Fast and the Furious. You sit yeah. down, you watch the whole trilogy or trilogy. <laughs> Ron, Ron Johnson's there. He's like, Buddy, oh, I thought I this was a golf swing fast driving and the seminar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we end the show with this. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. Special edition of Party Fouls today. I want your biggest faux pas, the dumbest storyline of the offseason for the Minnesota Vikings or the league at large, whatever you want. Let's go to Arif Hassan. Uh, I, um, I'm i going to steal one from Luke Braun's mentions. Uh, I often <laughs> do this, actually. but <laughs> It's a good place to get bad storylines. Yeah. Yeah, the, the most deranged takes are in my mentions, but the worst storylines are Luke's. Um, Locked on Vikings YouTube comments are where you get the real oh, good unhinged people. Stuff. It's dark that quick. Is incredible. Yeah. yeah oh, it's, it's a dark place. Yeah. But <laughs> dark place. But I think it's that Justin Jefferson doesn't like Kirk Cousins. Um <laughs> fueled by his top five list which yeah um his mistake of course was being honest in no world does any player including kirk cousins and his family in no world i mean like if you've ever like seen his family interact publicly that they're like nothing if not kind downers about this sort of thing um in no world is he a top five quarterback to any of them uh maybe julie but even then i i don't know um, so if you ask Cooper Jeff- Cousins, his top five, his yeah, dad's oh, we it. should, that would be <laughs> And Cooper, what, sm- what if he's not all the, like, he's like Mahomes hurts. Yeah. I, I don't think Kirk would put himself in his top five a, because he, I think you'd be yeah, honest I, about it. But B, that feel kind of weird, right? Like I think Kirk Cousins is just not the kind of guy like Mahomes, of course, yeah. would put himself on his top five, right? Any fringe top five player will put themselves in the top five. But I think, I think Kirk would just be like, oh, yeah, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. You got to give it up for Josh Allen. Good Christian man, Josh Allen. Just cheated on his girlfriend. Good Christian man, Josh Allen. <laughs> Good Christian. <laughs> well, yeah, biblical. <laughs> yeah. Do people say that about Josh Allen? Uh, they did. I don't, oh, I don't know if okay. that's going to be a storyline anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it should be noted Jefferson put Kirk in his top seven because he did get an honorable mention in that. In that quote, I did is, not realize that Kirk Cousins actually came up at some point. That's even funnier. It, no, he, after he he like listed his five, and then he was like, "Yeah, uh, Justin Herbert and Kirko." Like, and he just like labeled those that's two. So, so honest, man. That's, that's so that's pretty generous. I think. Yeah. Top seven. Yeah, I that, 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 that should itself put to rest any. But like, there yeah. was kind of this undercurrent. I think it's because people are traumatized by Stephon Diggs. But like. Yes. Uh, and any interaction between Jefferson and Cousins that's not unfailingly positive turns into a storyline about how much Jefferson resents Cousins. 
like the, you know, blank, I'm open, I think is kind of the biggest element of that. But, you know, hey, they shouted at mm-hmm. each other a couple of times and then um, some people spread some rumor and then he doesn't list Kirk in his top five quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> and so that's just, it's like, and that, it's not, it's it, Justin Jefferson is just not Stefan Diggs. You just got to let go. Like you should, you should be sad about the Vikings for any number of reasons. You should prepare yourself for disaster. We talked about this last time, Luke, about uh, making sure that you don't enjoy things because there's a risk that you might enjoy right. things less if you start enjoying. Happiness things. is a bad idea. That's right. Yeah. I I think it's got to be for the right reasons, and I don't keep think the bar low. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's almost impossible to beat. I don't know what you two guys got. I don't know. I'll go a little bit broader just in general. The Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets, that story was so played out by the end. Everybody knew where he was going. The McAfee bit, like everybody got to tune in at 12 Central. We got to see what he's going to (laughs) say. Wasted an hour of my life there. Uh, That one dragged out a little bit too long for me. I also will say too, as far as just like dragging on a little bit too much, I was in on the Lions being good this year before it was cool. Now it's like they've been crowned NFC champions. I think that's got a little bit blown out of proportion as well. I, I was going to say the uh, the top five thing. I think that is by far the most annoying thing. It's also more recent, so it's easy to remember. But I, I'll, I'll go back a little bit to like the week before the draft. There was a whole bunch of stuff. Up, like People were asking me like every day if the Vikings were going to trade for Trey Lance. I'm sorry. Mm. That is remains the dumbest thing in the world. Uh, for one, people were saying like Daniel Hunter for Trey Lance, which the Vikings like literally were would not be allowed to do because of the cap implications. Like that, the league would not have approved a trade like that. Yeah, but any also, Daniel Hunter trade stuff was just well, especially okay. pre June first, where he would it would have like cost more money and it would have cost more cap space than they had like on draft weekend. It's like that's you, not you happening. Always, you could always renegotiate that contract right before the trade in the middle of the draft. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Come on. Uh, Have your people call my people. We'll figure it out. Actually, I don't think they could have renegotiated it in a way that got the cap hit like feasible because it was all there was too much proration. So I don't think they could have fixed it that <laughs> yes. way either. Yeah, it's check hard. your fax machine. <laughs> Elvis Doomerville, right? Check your fax machine. Yeah, check your fax <laughs> machine. Works, right? But Trey Lance is stupid too because the the 49ers either they're moving on from him and it's like Sam Darnold is going to start the season or or Brock Purdy, in which case you don't want him. Or they're not going to give him up for like a fourth round pick if they actually think he can still play quarterback. I, I like, love there's no the world idea. where you where, where Trey Lance is good Trey and Lance you get him for cheap. And Darnold out in camp, and he simultaneously is worth a first round pick. Yeah, like that. <laughs> this can't happen. And oh, like for a, like two months, people were going crazy over this. I, I don't even know where it, I don't remember where it came from. Was it Florio? It feels like something Florio. Yeah, would do. it does feel like it. I can't confirm either way, but that yeah, does I, feel okay, like so a Florio. I'll, I'll, I'll say hey, this brains about on. The I don't way... know why, what makes people's brains fall out when it comes to Trey, Trey Lance, but keep them in your head. Goodness. So, like, the thing is, like, Florio, because he's a news aggregator, a lot of people just think that everything he writes is based on some contact that someone has had with the league. But like a good chunk of his articles are X team should do Y thing. And then people take it and they're like, oh, my God, X team is considering Y thing. And he's like, he never said that. Right. Just like sometimes um, he says that sometimes he's like, <laughs> it could happen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's but it's like very clear he's not sourced. Right. Like he doesn't lie to you about that kind of thing, at least as far as I know. Right. And that I think was that kind of story where he was just like, yeah, the Vikings should trade for Trey Lance. They should trade Daniel Hunter away. And I think that that would just be a good idea. Just my opinion. And everyone's like, wow, the Vikings are concerned. That's crazy that that's true that you just said and you reported that. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We need a little bit of critical thinking. Just a little. I I don't want to ask for a lot. I know that's a lot. Just okay. Here's the thing. If people started thinking just a little bit more critically... I would have to put more effort into my job to write something. Not that much. (laughs) Not not enough to. I'm not asking for that much. Just enough to to look at Mike Florio being like, I don't know, trade trade destinations. I'm bored. It's a Tuesday in May and not be like, it's happening. (laughs) Um, Those are all pretty dumb storylines, guys. Well done. I think the dumbest was you guys not liking Hendon Hooker for the Vikings. You ruined it. You ruined it. The Vikings could have had him. You talked him out of it with all your negativity. That was it. That was us that we did that. 
Luke Inman and I, we were rational headed, right, Luke? I mean, we still we we're, we stand on that hill with Hendon. Nah, I don't like him anymore. Oh, okay, it's over. Because um, he's a lion. He's, I'm just yeah, he's in he's the division now. We now we're obligated to hate him. <laughs> Kicked him to the uh, curb. Yep. Uh, fun show. Thank you, thank you, Ron Johnson, for joining Minnesota Football Party back on Monday for another full week. And after that, it's training camp, baby, starting next Saturday. Roundtable tomorrow with Reggie Wilson and Ron Johnson as well here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can comment and subscribe on YouTube as well on the Locked On Sports Minnesota channel. For Luke, Luke, Arif, I'm Sam. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.